What's up, Philly? This is Tyrese Maxey of the Philadelphia 76ers. Now it's time to go in the post with Devon Givens on your home for 76ers basketball, 97.5 The Fanatic. Well, how about that? Welcome in the post here on this Tuesday night, 97.5 The Fanatic. I'm Devon Givens with you until midnight. Tremendous win by the 76ers to the getaway game, which is always a problem in basketball, especially during a long trip. And the Sixers had no problem, even without their point guard on the floor. He was out tonight and no issue, no issue whatsoever. The Sixers get it done with a 127-94 win. Joel Embiid, what can you say? Tremendous, where many thought, hey, maybe he would sit out because it's the second night of a back-to-back playing and having a big night last night with 42 points, 147 points for the Sixers. Didn't expect to play that way against the Indiana Pacers, but here we are, and all he does is come out there and dominate again for a second consecutive game where he really put it to the center's and the entire uh, front court, the overall team where they couldn't defend them on those those dribble drives by Tyrese Maxey, the quick kick pass back, the swing pass back to him at the top of the three-point line and drilling them all four times for the Sixers tonight. Leading score once again with 39 points, 27 for Tyrese Maxey. And he was awesome, nine, nine for 16 in 30 minutes and 50 seconds. Four for seven from beyond and 55, I mean, five for five from the free throw line where Embiid went perfect in his nine for nine. So in two games for Joel Embiid, he has been 28 for 28 from the free throw line. He made all 19 against the Pacers on Monday night. Nine tonight, Tobias Harris made his six free throws. The entire team missed one free throw, and that was Jalen McDaniels, who went one for two from the foul line. Tonight, he outscored his brother, by the way, in uh, less minutes. Five points for him. Jaden started for the Timberwolves with just three points. He struggled from the field after a 19-point performance in their last game on Saturday. But this is about the Sixers and their five-game road trip. Four and one, the only blemish on the trip. Of course, the Dallas Mavericks lost. And it was tough going into that Saturday game against the Milwaukee Bucks because we didn't know what to think. We knew that the Bucks won a 16-game winning streak, and it was going to be difficult to stop that team, to slow that team down. But as the Sixers settled down coming out of the third quarter into the fourth, they turned the game around and put up 48 in the frame, defeating the Milwaukee Bucks by three, 136-133. It was really 136-130, and Drew Holiday hit a three at the end that didn't matter uh, what he did it did in terms of the points but you know what i mean it was 136 136 has turned it around to get that win and then you follow up with this one i mean this is this was really this was really good this is a really good trip 43 and 22 they are a game and a half back of boston this is gonna i need to stop saying this as i watch them try to catch up to boston in that number two spot in the eastern conference standings because it's gonna drive me nuts because of the tie-breaking situation that I was talking about on that Saturday when they hosted them and lost by three because of Tatum's uh, game winner uh, towards the end of the game there and Embiid's heave from 70 feet didn't count, that they right now will be a half a game back of Boston if everything played itself out exactly how we have seen it since that game. Now, 
right? The record is what the record is. They lost the game. I can't give them any type of victory that doesn't exist. I'm just looking at the standings and saying these guys would be a half game back of Boston right now had they been able to keep win that game. And you know how that Miami game also went. But uh, just really good ball movement tonight by the team with no Harden. Doc Rivers talked about it post game where he felt like they had to pass as a team tonight. And therefore, you had uh, four players with over four assists. And that was Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid, each with four. Maxie and Shake Milton, both handing out five assists tonight for the 76ers. Rebounding as a team as Tobias Harris picked up the slack, knowing that Rudy Gobert was out there and no James Harden, who also grabbed seven boards. He had to go out there and he had to add in that way. And he did so by collecting a game-best 14 rebounds, three offensive, 11 defensive. While his scoring wasn't there in his first game back after missing the last game against Indiana and having two days off in general, this was a good performance to grab a double-double from Tobias Harris in 33 minutes and 54 seconds, despite the low number in scoring. Great work by him, DeAnthony Melton, trying his best to slow down Anthony Edwards. That's not an easy task. You heard him talking to Tom McGinnis. After the game, that's not an easy thing to do. And, hey, when he scores, you try to score on the other end, too, and make him work. He put up 11 points, getting 10 shots off, 4 for 10, 3 for 5 from beyond. So those were important with 7 rebounds as a team rebounded. He tied Embiid on the night. 4 for Maxi, 5 for McDaniel, 6 for George Niang, 3 each for Milton and Daniel House, and one each, uh, pardon me, and Paul Reed also grabbing three boards, and Paul Reed uh, uh, doing that with uh, 20 minutes of play. Furkan Korkmaz, one rebound in his four minutes and 41 seconds. So this was a good team win. Your stars start. Your role players helped out with what they were supposed to do, and when they play like this, they can beat basketball teams. I understand that it was Minnesota. And they are just right there, game over 500. The Minnesota Timberwolves are. They were on the three-game winning streak, playing really well with their star player, their franchise player, in my opinion, Anthony Edwards, doing what he did by posting in 32. When we've talked about the Sixers, and I have said, this team typically beats themselves. They can play with Boston. The same with Milwaukee. They can play with these basketball teams. They have to limit their mistakes. And therefore, when they do that, especially against the good teams, you see a good outcome. When you do so against a bad team where you limit your mistakes, even though they coughed it up 16 times, they played good, sound, fundamental basketball for the most part where the turnovers just kind of caught up with them where they piled up three from Embiid, Maxi, two from Melton, and uh, Korkmaz, his two don't count down the stretch. So, you know... Just because he only played four minutes and it was, the game was over, he had two turnovers. It was what it was. So you say with the others who played more than 11 minutes on the night, 14 turnovers by the team is still too many. But when you limit your mistakes and you play together, you play as a team and not worry about the individual stuff. Now, when B was hot, he was rolling. You feed the hot hand. That's just the nature of of basketball. You feed the hot hand, you continue to go to the hot hand, and you don't let that get away. And that's exactly what they did by not letting it get away from them when the Minnesota Timberwolves looked like they were making a run with the all-bench unit in. And what did Doc Rivers do? So for people who are going to say anything about Doc Rivers in a bad coaching job or something that he did, what did he do? 
All right, yes, he did have the bench lineup in there, but you had to give some people a rest. You had to give them an opportunity to rest a bit after the work that they put in in that third quarter where they you know, were able to put up to 29 points and do what they did. You, you do that, you win 29-23, and you get Embiid playing 10 minutes and 35 seconds with Melton, and he scores 22 points. The guy needs a break. Same thing with Maxie playing, you know, 6.59, brought him back early in the fourth, and then Maxie goes off where he scores 10 points in the fourth quarter in just six minutes and eight seconds, hitting two threes, getting his two free throws, another bucket for the 10 points overall to really knock, stop any, stop any run that Minnesota really believed that they were going to have. They, what, they had a chance to cut it to 12. It was a 15-point lead. Had a chance to cut it to 12. And then Maxie just said, uh, not, not happening on my watch. Big shot, long distance, 92-72. Again, 98-74. But that was after he made the other bucket, right, to, to give them just a really good performance by this team tonight on the road. They are, are really protecting their, themselves as far as their road record goes. They have 10 games left. When we talk about the 15 games that they had coming out of the All-Star break, they have now 10 games left. On the road, the 76ers do after tonight's performance. So really good job by them. Fantastic work to get this one done. We'll take your phone calls. We'll get your thoughts on everything. 610-632-0975. Devon Givens with you until midnight. Tom Alvor producing. We appreciate Matt Menark and the job that he did with us here tonight on the audio highlights and the 6 o'clock hour, that portion of the show. And uh, here we go with this basketball team. Continue to just simply put up some more points. You get a little help from others where the Knicks fall tonight by a final score of 112-105. Charlotte defeats the Knicks without Jalen Brunson. 112-105 snapping their nine-game win streak. The Knicks now 39-28. and They are five games back of the Sixers after tonight's loss and just a game in front of the Brooklyn Nets who defeated the Houston Rockets 118-96. Milwaukee. Handled their business, winning two in a row after the Sixers lost 134-123 over the Orlando Magic. Everyone else outside, I just say Washington because you have to play Washington on Sunday. They defeated Detroit 119-117. They are 31-34. and We'll see them at the center on Sunday when the Sixers host them before heading back out there on the road. So this basketball team, man, 43 wins. We know they're going to get to 50. The question is, when they get to 50, how far beyond 50 will they now get? You're right now looking at where they are at 65 games in. So with 65 games in um, right now for this basketball team and seven at seven on the seven at home, 10 on the road with these 17 games left to play, I said of the 10 games that they had left with the 25 games overall, 10 left at home, 15 on the road. Give me six at home, six to seven at home, and give me eight on the road at 500, and I'm good. I'm good. Well, right now, you know, they're winning their road games. They take take this one, and, and that's beautiful. Now they have 10 left. Go out there, be greedy. Take a few more. Why not? Because you're going to live on the road. You only have a few games left at home. You're going to live on the road. Take those road games. Take them. You got two home games coming up, Portland and Washington, this weekend, Friday and Sunday. Take those. Maybe they drop one. Maybe they drop the game to Portland, coming home, get off to a slow start. Damian Lillard starts going off. You know how that happens, 
right? And then the next thing you know, you look up, the game's over, right? But you come back, you win both of them. You're 24 and 10 at home. You rarely lose at home. Looking at 45 and 22. Not bad. Not bad at all. Through, you know, those amount of games, 67 games, that's not bad at all. 45 and 22, if they can do so. They've won three in a row. Right now, they have the uh, second longest win streak in the Eastern Conference, along with the Brooklyn Nets, who have won three, snapping Charlotte doing the uh, Knicks dirty tonight, taking their game in, in New York with no Jalen Brunson, snapping that nine-game win streak. The Sixers snapped Milwaukee's 16-game win streak. So the Sixers and the Nets right now currently with the longest winning streak in the Eastern Conference, and the Boston Celtics have lost three games in a row to allow the Sixers to pull within one-and-a-half one games, and then the Milwaukee Bucks to overtake them and have a two-and-a-half game lead on the Celtics. Celtics back on the floor. Uh, the next trip will be tomorrow as Portland, on their road trip now, takes on the Boston Celtics tomorrow evening. Sixers and Bucks idle, so Boston will most likely win that game, and they'll pick up a half game on both the Sixers and the Milwaukee Bucks. So good win for the basketball team. Really good road trip. And again, cannot stress enough that in the last 14 games, they are 11-3 and on the road, including two five-game trips that they are 9-1 and along those roads. That's, that's, that's pretty damn good. 9-1 and on two separate five-game road trips where you're away from home, one all the way out west, a mixture here in this five-game trip from uh, Miami to... Uh, Milwaukee and Dallas and these last two games of Indiana and Minnesota flying from flying, flying from Milwaukee to Indiana, then Indiana to Minnesota, and still able to pick up these wins. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive work. I got to give credit to Doc Rivers, his staff, the team, for what they have been able to do over these last few games. Remember when they lost those two games and we were wondering, like, uh-oh. This could go in another direction. Uh-oh. This might be happening, and it's not good. Well, they figured it out. They didn't let it happen, and it has been good. As they have been on a roll right now, this basketball team. So good win for the 76ers. Great work by their stars. Maxi again, in the starting role. And can we finally put that to bed? Where last season when the trade happened and I kept saying that I did not want it to uh, go that way. They didn't bring him off the bench. This year, he was injured. It allowed them to start De'Anthony Melton with James Harden, the defense, with the offense in the starting backcourt. You understand it, but you also understand where you might need Maxie to start, at least for me, because of his aggressive style of play with that starting five. Not that he can't play off the bench. It just meant more to have him, have him play the way that he needs to play with that group and putting pressure on the initial defense as they begin the game and having it going that way. And as we have seen here over these last couple of games that he has started, dating back to that Dallas game, even though they lost by, what was it, seven points in that one? He played well, and he has played well since being reinserted into the starting lineup in Milwaukee, in Indiana, and now tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think it's time for us to stop worrying about that. The other part that I think continues to get lost in it all is the mere fact that De'Anthony Melton plays more aggressive, in my opinion, when he's coming off the bench. 
just me. That's just me. And that's just my take. You may agree. You may disagree. Uh, you know, I, I understand. I, I get it. But that's just my opinion. Not be simply because I wanted him to start, but because of how I've watched them play, watching, watching Maxie with them, watching how DeAnthony Melton plays in a starting role versus a reserve role. And he really seems to be more aggressive when he's coming off the bench, looking for his shots. Not so much with the first team. He'll get what, what he does get with the first team is three point looks. Doesn't get a lot of opportunity driving to the basket. When he's with the second unit, he is playing a little more freely and he's out there getting to the basket. Sometimes he misses layups, but he gets there. Sometimes he misses runners and floaters, but he gets there. And that's what that's what you love to see about them. So when you look at him coming off the bench, Niang coming off the bench with Jalen McDaniels, who people seem to like now. He had five points tonight. Um, not the 20 points that we saw last night, but that's not his role. His role was to do that last night. He did it. Tonight was his role coming off the bench. He played in that well that role well also. Fine with Jalen McDaniel. So you look at those three, Paul Reed getting consistent minutes, and now you have Daniel House who has reappeared in the rotation, playing pretty good. Where I remember at the trade that I'm like, all right, ship him and whoever out, Matisse, Thibel, Furkan, Korkmaz, so you can get something back with a wing that you can count on because he doesn't seem to be uh, have that have that trust right now from the coach and the coaching staff. When they needed him, they called his number, and he's going out there and he's playing really well, playing some good basketball, Daniel House. So now you might have, I don't know how long this lasts with 17 games to play, but what you do have right now is, a guy on the wing to go with McDaniels and Niang where you have flexibility of how you want to do things. And they're playing some pretty good team basketball. So I'm encouraged. I hope you are. I hope we don't get less. Now let's see them do it in the playoffs. Obviously, we want to see them do this in the playoffs. Let's get there. We'll get there when we get there. And we deal with it then. Right now, enjoy the moment. Even when they lose, understand, react to those losses. But when they win and they're playing well, also react with how you see them playing and playing good basketball at that time also for the Philadelphia 76ers. So I like what I see right now. If you can go 10 deep going into the playoffs, we haven't even seen Dwayne Dedman. We haven't seen him. Might not need to see him. You haven't seen Montrez Harrell. He's kind of disappeared. And that's okay. I don't know that they're going to go 10 deep in the playoffs. I have no idea. One thing I know right now is, you know, when I asked the question last night and Tom and I answered of where, where would they be in the playoffs at the end of it? Where are they going to be? I said third seed. I think we agreed on the third seed. Second is going to be tough because Boston will win their games. Milwaukee will win their games. The Sixers will be right there. That's something that they have to deal with because of those ones that they should have won. And they, they didn't. So, that said, the first round matchup is going to be tough because of how jumbled up it is, how jumbled up it is right there with Cleveland having two games up on New York, three games up on Brooklyn. They look like the four, five, six somewhere there. If Brooklyn can hold off the Miami Heat, that four, five, six is going to be Sixers playing Cleveland, New York, or Brooklyn at some point. Now, would, they be, would there be any jockeying from those other teams to say, you know what, 
let's let's uh let let's let's avoid falling to seven. They're gonna want to stay there. Let's let's not fall to seven so we don't play Boston. And let's make sure we stay away from eight so we don't play Milwaukee. Let's try the Sixers out. Well, I think that's gonna be foolish if you did that, but you know I get it. Four or five, you're gonna have to play each other. It's gonna be fun down the stretch these 17 games and see how all this works out. 17 games. If I said 17 games now that we readjust because I didn't think they would take four or five on this trip, thought they would take three. They probably should have only taken three because they came back the way they did against Milwaukee, but nevertheless, they won it, as Tom flags me. Um, They take the four. I didn't expect. So that's one more win that I really didn't expect them to have. So they have 10 games left along this road trip. Tough games, but also some winnable games on the road in the month of March and also in April. One in one in Milwaukee, one in Brooklyn. The one in Brooklyn is the final game. That could be, again, for seeding purposes. Never know. They have Chicago on the road once. where they, I think they have a home-and-home home with Chicago, unless it's a, a two in Chicago. Type of trip. Let me just double check. I'm just doing this off the top of my head as uh, I pull the schedule up here. And they have, yeah, home and home, one in Philadelphia, and then the second one in Chicago. Um, Cleveland next Wednesday, eight days from today. That's going to be important because Cleveland has a 2-1. No, they split it, didn't they? I think they split it already. And, uh, yeah, I think they split because the Sixers won and then the Cleveland Cavaliers blew them out in November. So they split the first two. This is going to be important, again, for seeding purposes. Charlotte should get the W there. Away for the Pacers again. And then you have that road trip, four games, Chicago, Golden State, Phoenix, and Denver before you wrap things up. Away, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Brooklyn mixed in home games with Boston and Miami. Not going to be easy, but when you are a top team like the 76ers are with 17 games to play, sitting there with 43, so if I said 17, 7 at home, 10 on the road, 17 games to play, I'm still sticking with the Sixers need to get 6 or 7 at home. So after the road trip, pardon me, after the All-Star break, as we know, they have already take, taken one at home, which was Memphis. They lose the two to Boston and Miami. Now I am looking at with the final seven, if I said they needed to get six or seven, I'll go with the minimum and say they need to win five more at home. Five more at home, that is 48. And with 10 on the road, Win five on the road. And right now, we're looking at what? 53 games? I'll take it, all things considered, with how it happens, of course. 53 is the magic number. Still a three seed, but 53 is a magic number. 45 and 47 already for Boston and Milwaukee, respectively. We'll come back. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to Tom. We'll get everybody's thoughts on this road trip, this win. Sixers, 117-94. They are 43-22, and 22, 21 games over 500, three games in a row, and they return home for two games, Portland on Friday 
and the Washington Wizards on Sunday. 610-632-0975. We'll talk some NFL stuff. Also, we did in the 6 o'clock hour, we get there with the Eagles to go around the NFL with some things that happened there, as well as we hang out with you in the post until midnight right here on this Tuesday. Six is victorious, 97.5 The Fanatic. Give me that phone. Javon Gibbons on 97.5 The Fanatic. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Lainey to 45911 to see which four Lainey Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Lainey to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. 97.5 The Fanatic The Sixers have taken control here in the second quarter after trailing by three after one. They've outscored them by 15 in the second. Three seconds to shoot. Step back three by Embiid. It's good! Joel Embiid for three! And the Sixers lead by 15. Six seconds to go. 58-43 after that bucket by Joel Embiid. A 15-0 run. High score, 43-43, and then they went on a roll. Anthony Edwards with the bucket to make it 58-45 going into the locker room, but the Sixers didn't stop. That's where Embiid really earned his money in that third quarter with those 22 points. Devon Givens here with you in the post, 610-632-0975. And also tomorrow we will have a full show. Family game night, Tom Alvord is telling me. Also, we'll have a guest on family game night. Hint, hint. Right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. We'll have that also probably in the 7 o'clock hour. So that should be fun. I think everybody will uh, like the guests too on family game night. Uh, So that will be in the 7 o'clock hour. Um, No, it's not Mikhail. So let's just put that out there right now. It's not Mikhail. He's on a road trip right now. I'm not going to bother him while he's doing that. So it's someone else though, family game night. I think people will like it. You know, a little something different. Uh, for family game night uh, on this road trip. I mean, for for the uh, for us tomorrow with our only full show of the week. Yeah, Flyers Thursday, Sixers Friday. So our only full show of the week, family game night tomorrow, 6 to 10, right here on The Fanatic. Myself, Tom Alvord, will be here producing. We'll have some leftovers tonight, have some leftovers tomorrow. Family game night, have the family game night guest that I think everybody will like tomorrow. And uh, be some good stuff. We'll talk some Sixers. We'll speak about some NFL things as well as we have plenty to talk about tomorrow evening from 6 to 10 here on 97.5 The Fanatic. All right, let's get Tom Alvord's thoughts on this one tonight. Uh, Back-to-back second night. Did not think um, that I was like, I was was a little reluctant to simply say that they were going to win this game. I didn't think they were going to win this game. That said... They won the game. Tom Alvord, good evening. Very good win by the basketball team. Yeah, um, really nice win. And you're right. I kind of had the same thought process where it's like, okay, kind of a big, uh, a a sweat last night, if you will, physically and literally in that kind of game. And how are they going to respond tonight without James Harden playing a lesser team? And Minnesota, they're still a playoff team, but they're a lesser team than the 76ers. This brutal stretch that they're on, what, five games in seven days and on the road trip, last game of a road trip. This is set up as the classic letdown type game, scheduled loss, as some would like to say. 
And they didn't. And it wasn't close for other than the first, what, quarter and a half? This game really wasn't close. And that was a dominant win and a really, really nice win for your Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid, just the dude's unreal. He's absolutely on another planet where he can score 39 points and rack up seven boards on four for four from three, by the way. 13 to 22 shooting. How about the only seven boards? Again, for the second, he's not really like having to dominate on the glass. Yeah, he doesn't need to, and it helps when Tobias Harris is picking up 14 of them for you. That definitely helps. But just the points, 39 points against Rudy Gobert, who's you know supposed to be one of the best defenders in the league, especially as a big man. And Embiid just continues to dominate him in just three quarters of play. Tyrese Maxey really stepped up for you early in that fourth quarter. Doc goes with the all-bench lineup, which I, I get. I know it drives people crazy. I understand why he went with it. Everybody needs a break. Yes, especially, especially after, with Harden out. Harden out, I, the long, grueling sure road trip. Uh, PJ and Tobias, this is their first game back. Maybe don't have their legs under them. I'll give a little bit of credit to Doc, even though you can be mad at him. He went to the all-bench lineup. He Quick trigger, and he called the timeout quickly. Maxi goes in and takes over, which he needs to do regardless, but especially what he needs to do when Embiid's on the bench and when James Harden is out of the game. Scores eight straight points for them and pretty much puts that game out of reach. Bench is able to, bench, excuse me, is able to keep it away. And yeah, just a really nice dominant win and a really good sign that the Sixers team is able to pull off these kinds of wins and pull off this nice little stretcher that they have on a road trip, which is tough to do this time of year after all these minutes are piling on these guys' legs. So how do you, how do you look at this? Because we've done this before earlier in the year and you know, I've done shows and sometimes those questions like I ask or like we ask when we do this one, me and you, me and Tyler in the past, I would do this because people will react in certain ways. And it's, sometimes it's easy to figure out Philadelphia fans. Other times it's difficult. And with that, uh, one of them is how do you view these games? What are you watching for? Especially when people look at these games and say, oh, it doesn't matter until we get to the postseason, they do this in the playoffs. All right, so what are you watching for? How are you watching? Are you just watching for the pure entertainment? If you're a Sixer fan, you can't separate yourself just from the entertainment with the wins and the losses. It's impossible. It's impossible. So how are you, when you watch these games, how are you looking at these? Like a game like tonight against the Timberwolves, a lesser team, or just like every game down the stretch? Now that we are 25 after the All-Star break, here now with 17 games to go, eight already in the books. How do you watch these? Because there are implications to these games. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm watching to be entertained. That's why we got into this business. That's why we watch sports in general as fans out there is that we watch to be entertained because we love these teams. But knowing this that this team is going through their most crucial stretch of the Joel Embiid era these last couple games of the regular season and, of course, going into the playoffs, you're looking for signs. I'm looking for signs, at least, that show me that this team actually has it, that this team has a realistic chance to be different than the past teams and that this team has a realistic chance to do some damage in the playoffs. So whether that may be the bench stepping up on certain nights, hey, maybe I can count on this come playoff time. A guy like Jalen McDaniels, Going out there and being able to step up in a game like last night obviously doesn't have as great of a game tonight, but it didn't need to. They won by, what, 26 points or whatever it was. Seeing little things like that. Oh, McDaniels, I can count on him here maybe. Doc Rivers can count on him here maybe potentially. Tyrese Maxey going absolutely nuclear since he's been back in the starting lineup, and I don't think he's returning to that bench anytime soon. And he earned that starting spot in these five games. Some should say that he didn't really earn going to the bench and the demotion, but regardless, he put no question in Doc Rivers' mind with these last five, six 
games that he's been in the starting lineup or whatever it may be. When James Harden's out there, I'm looking for the low turnover games, the big-time shots in the fourth quarter, and Joel Embiid obviously is healthy. But Embiid, maybe the body language a little bit with him, how he's looking, not getting too overly emotional. Little things like that, Niang hitting five straight threes in the fourth quarter for you in a big game. Little things like that that I can carry over into playoff time that makes me believe that this team can be an actual contender. So that's what I'm looking for. And, of course, I'm looking for a Sixers win because that's what it all comes down to when we're uh, fans of teams here. I think one of the keys at the end where you said looking at them and being a contender, you're, that's what people should be looking at to see if they can be. You already knew they were contender. At what tier of a contender are you? Because you're a contender. There are only a few of them in the NBA. Boston, Milwaukee, I, Philadelphia. And honestly, I'm, I'm being honest. In the East, that's it. In the West, it's kind of open, but it's really not. Denver. Haven't proven anything in the playoffs yet. They have not. Nothing. Now, you could say neither have, the, neither have the Sixers, you could also say. Right. But now, sure. now, Phoenix is a contender because you add Kevin Durant. Correct. So they were already a contender. They just weren't playing well because their guys were out. Where you had Paul and Booker down. Uh, Mikhail and the rest of the group, they were holding things down. Suns are in fourth place right now and only three games out of second in the West. That's why when we were before the whole Brooklyn thing, like, just keep chipping away. Keep hanging in there until the guys get back. When they get back, boom, we got plenty of games to go. Now, as I look at it from the outside, but also having knowledge from watching them before, they're a contender, (laughs) okay? They are a contender. Golden State is a contender because they're Golden State. But we got to see how their injuries are and all that stuff. So I would say, and until we know what's going on with Memphis, losing Brandon Clark, Stephen Adams, don't know. And then this whole John Morant nonsense that he put himself in. I'm looking at six contenders. Now, when I look at the tier of the contenders... I'm putting Milwaukee and Denver right now up there with Boston because the Boston Celtics have the Sixers number. So I'll put Boston there, especially since they're the Eastern Conference representative from a season ago, and they do have 45 wins already on the campaign. They'll get it together, in my opinion. The Sixers are on that next tier. But we're only talking six. That's a prime club, man. You need need passes to get there. They have it. You need entrance. Somebody's at the door patting you down. Not like that man in that video from the tarmac where he's like, you know. Not the best effort out there. Yeah, not that guy. You need real, real clearance from somebody to get in there. Their work has shown that. And I mean no disrespect to Cleveland. I just don't think that they're a contender. I think that they're going to be a problem in the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to be a contender that advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals or even knock off. Somebody in the second round because they're going to have to face Boston or Milwaukee, whoever's that number one seed, because they're not going to pass the 76ers, in my opinion. So with that, I think there are six. Where do you fall in that? You're in that second tier, but you can talk about where uh, are they Phoenix? Are they with Golden State? The bottom line is that they're in it. They're in the conversation with those six, in my opinion, and there are certain tiers of it. And I think that's where they are. So we watch it to really evaluate of where do you put them as they go along. They're winning on the road. They win home games. 
They're beating good teams. They have one problem. Their kryptonite is the Boston Celtics. The only way now to show that is that final game, winning that one for, again, mental purposes to say I can beat this team because I might face them in the second round. And as a matter of fact, no, I will be facing them in the second round. So I need to beat them in this final game. You're not going to win five straight over them. You just need to take that one knowing that you will be starting on the road in Boston, but know that you can beat them and obviously split that one in the first two games in the Eastern Conference semis. Yeah, and they're finding ways to win in different kind of ways, whether it's coming back after a big blown lead like they did, or yeah, or the other team blowing a lead like in Milwaukee and like Memphis. They can also win a game like uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers a couple weeks ago where they're up that entire game. Big lead, big lead. Cleveland makes a run back but you end up holding them off and finding a way to win in the fourth quarter despite blowing a big lead yourself. And you have a game like tonight, a tough game, throwaway type of game, a scheduled loss type game that you go out there and just absolutely dominate that team without the second best player on your team on the court. It's the way that they're doing it. And when it comes to the tiers, like other than the Boston Celtics, you are correct because until we see them do it, and we might might not be for a couple more weeks, and if they win that game, people are still going to have their doubts about the Philadelphia 76ers going up against a team like the Boston Celtics. But other than the Boston Celtics, man, they, they've looked good against Milwaukee. They have, not just this year, but in past years. They've taken they, two from Milwaukee this season. Exactly. The Denver, who's the best team in the West, they beat them on your home court in an awesome game against was Nicola. Game. It was an awesome game, man. Yeah. Awesome game. The Memphis Grizzlies, they beat them. And this was before all the nonsense was going on with John Morant and everything like that. Like, they're beating these top-tier teams other than the Boston Celtics. And even that last game was against Celtics. It was a crazy three by Jason Tatum when he wasn't having a great offensive game to win that game for the Celtics. And that's what he does because he's a superstar-type player. So, to me, they are in that tier. And I know people are hesitant to get there, but I feel like me and you both feel the same way that Obviously, it's going to take them doing it in the playoffs for them to prove it to people. But this team feels like this year that they are in this tier. And and we could trick ourselves saying that they were in previous years. But without a true number two superstar next to Joel Embiid, I don't know how realistic that was. This year you have it in James Harden if he continues to play the way that he's been playing. So, yeah, it's, it's looking for everything. Just little things to... Uh, that are good signs come playoff time, looking for them to be in these tiers, looking for certain players, and it's been all good signs from the Philadelphia 76ers as of late. And again, that's where I am. Mostly good signs. That's where I am. It's, it's about evaluating evaluating things for the postseason. Not that I'm, when I say, and I was just talking to Mike Vito, who did the Flyers on our sister station, and, and um, Matt Menard here during the commercial, I was talking to them about, you know, what do we always say? You can't fast forward the season. You got to, got to play it out and that's why we're fans because there's it's the entertainment of it all and you can't fast forward the season that we, that's ridiculous to do so i never like it and that's where i am and that's why again when you watch him you look at certain things we we learn we learn all right guess what Jalen mcdaniels can play now the question is he can play can he play in the playoffs <laughs> we don't know that yet he's only been in play in tournament and that's it so can he play in meaningful games? Well, he answered that for us with the Milwaukee game in the fourth quarter with those five points, big free throws, a three-pointer, and that, that, uh, that rebound dunk that he had off and be missed. And then also stepping in in a role where it may be a little unfamiliar with him in the starting lineup here and dropping 20 on the road in a, in a, you know, in a game that's going to be the front end of a back-to-back. And then you have guys leaving, you know, guys not playing, so that's his, and he steps up and he plays well. Daniel House, can he play 
in the postseason. He has been in the postseason, Utah and Houston in the past. Can he play in the postseason if you got a call on for five minutes? Not five minutes stretch, five minutes overall. Can he do it? Can we learn that? Can we learn if Paul Reed can be the primary backup for Doc Rivers' team? Maybe. Maybe not. But these types of moments are those things that are going to help us answer those questions. Shake Milton is quiet for a long time. He gets 15 points last night off the bench. Hits four threes in the game. These are things that we learn. Learning some lineup uh, possibilities. Learning some tendencies that one player may like versus another. De'Anthony Melton, we know, can play in the playoffs because of the Memphis Grizzlies, but he hasn't played well in them, so we have to wait for that answer when we're there. The point is, when we watch these things and we figure out who they are, we try to see if they can play with these other teams during the regular season, most importantly in the postseason, we have to let them play out. We were all about to drop the ball. Not all of us, because I wasn't. It was just like, I'm mad at them for not winning that Celtics game because of the reasonings that I gave on that Saturday night. Must win. Mental thing. Got to get over that hurdle. Beat this basketball team. Know that you can take them down. It's like when you play your dad in basketball or something, one-on-one, and you can't beat them, right? You finally get to 15, and you see some things when you're 13, but it's a goal of yours to knock them off, knock your dad off, and finally you start to see, like, you know what? When I go right, he's a little older now. <laughs> that left knee's not what it used not, to be. Yeah, man. that thing might buckle. And guess what? It's not buckled just because he's old. It buckled because I took him off the dribble the way I did it. My skills, I've been working on them. It's just that mental thing. And it's the same thing of beating the team in the regular season. The Sixers are going to go in the series against Milwaukee and think that they can beat Milwaukee. Boston, not so much. They're going to have to realize that I got to take this one. We got to earn this one. We hung in there, but we never won. Hanging in there is not going to get it done in this series. There is no tomorrow after that fourth one where you face an elimination. That's why that one at the end of the season is going to be important just because of, you know what, let's not go in there down 4-0 in the postseason and, and look at our record against them and say we lost to them four times. No, let's not do that. Let's not do that. You got to beat them in that one. And that's why, again, you learn something from each game. You learn it. You know me. I, I hate microwaves. Now, when we're here, we have to use the microwave. I hate the microwaves because of stuff like, well, you don't know this part of where I would talk about my, my daughters because they love the microwave. Oh, we got a hot pocket. Let's put it in the microwave. Let's not put it in the oven. Oh, let's make soup in the, in the microwave. I know you do that, too. Yeah, I thought but you were you going to smack that. me or something. But you just did that, and I know your reasons why. Uh, when we're at work, especially, you do it because we don't have a stove and all that stuff here to cook. Um, I haven't got 20 minutes to be heating up soup, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's the microwave society of, oh, we got to get there. Nope. I have patience. I can wait. Sometimes I'm like, all right, can we speed this up? But I'm also sitting there with the speed up, snapping my fingers behind my back because I still need to portray <laughs> that, uh, that I have that patience. I have the patience to get through the 82-game schedule and watch how it all plays out so I can learn about a little bit more about this basketball team. There can be some things I learned in first 25 that got lost in the next 25, but I picked it up again in the final 25 where I saw some of those tendencies. That's how I look at things. That's how I watch it. That's why I, I feel like let's let these things play out. And you see it. 
after those two losses at home, Boston and Miami, people were scared going on this five-game road trip. People were scared. I was listening to the Fanatic, hosts, callers, all of it. Have you lost confidence? This is why they can't. This is why we come back and say, well, this is why they can win. So the emotional roller coaster of a season, it's an amazing thing. It really is. Yeah, and are we maybe learning a little bit, crazy to say. Uh-oh, about, you about to go to Doc? About Doc Rivers, I man. knew it. It's, why do I know you so well? <laughs> well, we've worked a couple shows there together. Um, maybe a little bit. A little of bit. course, of course, it doesn't matter until playoff time. I understand that. But it's little things like, yes, you're still hard-headed, you could uh, argue, of him going to the all-bench lineup, but him having the quick trigger, calling that timeout quickly, getting Maxi on there, where maybe in past years he sticks with that all-bench lineup another two minutes, and instead of, uh, what was it, 15-point lead I think it went down to, it's down to a 10-point lead. And at remember, that, that could have been 12 because Nikhil Alexander-Walker missed that three-pointer. Sure, absolutely. But like, does he hang on to it two minutes too long? other than getting out early like he did this year in previous years, this game, than he would in previous years? Is it him not being hard-headed and going back to Maxi in the starting lineup despite putting him in the bench? Is it him trusting a guy like Jalen McDaniels in the starting lineup and giving him more minutes? And it's just mixing and matching the starting lineup. And I know that he, there's been some injuries that helped out with that, but like, are we maybe li- learning a little bit about Doc Rivers too? Who, Listen, we don't like to give him any credit here in Philadelphia. We don't like to give... Any coaches that we dislike. Not until the playoffs, he won't get any credit. Sure, and I understand that. Completely understand that. But whether it's guys like uh, Joe Girardi or guys like Jonathan Gannon or Doc Rivers, we're always going to have those coaches that we don't like to get credit to. Man, I think he's been really, really good this year. And they're a top-five team in the NBA. And they've had some really tough stretches without stars early on in the season where those – or you're without what? I think it was both Embiid and Harden. You end up finding ways to win those games. You start the season 12 and 12 and go on this crazy stretch. What you mentioned, nine and one in their last five game, two, five, uh, nine and one. Five game Remember they road swept trips, the five and yeah. they won four in this one. Nine and one in their last two five game road and trips. And 11 combined. and three since January 14th, where they've had these two trips along the way. And it's just, he, I, I've been impressed with Doc Rivers. I have. And this is coming from a guy who didn't want him back this season. And I thought he had to be out of here. They obviously didn't go that route. And we won't learn anything until playoff times. That is true. But I have been impressed with Doc Rivers. So maybe I'm learning a thing or two about him that I didn't know. Or maybe, maybe. You don't know basketball. Maybe. Maybe. But I would argue that you do know basketball. All right. I won't let Doc I appreciate that. Or I'll just look at him and shake my head. He'll be like, what? You know what? You know what? You know what you did. You know what you did. You know why. What was that? Whether movie? you like it or not. Thank you, Doc Rivers. Uh, what was that movie? Uh, something Las Vegas. It was with Aston Kutcher and Chris Cameron. Oh, um, yes. What happens in Vegas? What happens in Vegas? Yes. That was a funny movie. It was a good movie. Underrated. Underrated funny movie that if I see it, I stop and I watch it. And at the end, as you remember, the punch to Jason Sudeikis in the end, and she says, "You know why." That's how I would look at Doc Rivers if he told you you didn't know basketball. He'd be like, what? You know why. So uh, Doc Rivers is Jason Sudeikis in a rom-com is what you're saying. (laughs) Got it. Final segment on the other side. This is what happens at 1124 at night during the show. Doc Rivers in a rom-com. 610-632-0975. He can act. We saw him acting in that commercial for the new Night Shyamalan movie. Sorry. Yeah, I'm giving you credits. M. Night Shyamalan movie you were in for the, you know, you and James Harden on Christmas Day doing that that little commercial. It's nice. You didn't ask me, but that's okay. That's all right. We come back. 
Wrap this thing up. Leftovers, 1145, right here, 97.5, The Fanatic. Give me that phone. Javon Gibbons on 97.5, The Fanatic. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text Queens to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Queens to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. 97.5 The Fanatic. This is Joel Embiid, and you're listening to Devon Givens from 97.5. He got it by Kyle Anderson. Eight for the goes. Tyree step back three. Got it. Tyrese Maxey throws it. Timeout Minnesota. Maxey starring tonight here in Minneapolis. Is that the one in the fourth quarter? 98-74. Well, he scored eight straight. He was all right. Let's stop the bleeding here. Let's, let's get this thing back on track. And he, and he did just that 98-74 after that made three-pointer step back. And uh, Anthony Edwards, if you saw it, Anthony Edwards on television was at the scores table. The camera went to him. You know, was, you know the opposing player, you know, sitting at the scores table. This is what I like about Anthony Edwards. He did some stupid stuff in the, in the offseason. He, he paid for it and all. As a fan, he, you, you, know how you, you know how you see something happening? You go, ooh, ooh. He did that, and you can just see it. You don't have to hear it. You know the mouth structure. That's like, whoo, you like poking out your lips there? Whoa, boy. Did you see what else he said after the game? I did not. You did not? No. He was asked about uh, Joel Embiid. The big after, fella. They exchanged jerseys. After another tremendous game from Joel Embiid, he says, quote, MVP of the league from Anthony Edwards. Won't mean anything. Nope. But he'll ingratiate himself with Philadelphia fans. Didn't we have a ton of that last year? Where with you the had, players? Yeah, the players yeah. were called. Every player, it seemed like after every game, it was like, yeah, dude's the MVP, and then he doesn't win. Yeah. I love it starting right now. Let's keep it going. How about the same thing for uh, Jalen Hurts during the season? At yeah. the end of it. Yeah. A lot of players were like, especially after that Parsons thing, even his teammate, Diggs, was like, eh, yeah, he's the MVP. <laughs> right? At least no, we have that. I know they went to school together, you know, all that well, stuff, but still. It helps. Still yeah. feels good. Still feels good. All right, 610-632-0975. You want to tell us about this thing that you wanted to tell us about? You didn't tell me what it is, but what's the thing? Yeah, so potentially potentially some not-so-great news in the world of Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson posted a one-minute video on his Twitter. It's a, like... Uh, Probably like a, a reminiscent type video. It's a bunch of like highlights from Eagles games and walking with the team and everything like that. About a minute long. And he quotes it, all love Philly, green heart, and then the Eagle emoji. So people are not taking this well and thinking that this is maybe a goodbye to Philadelphia after the franchise tag uh, deadline passes today. No deal for Chauncey Gardner Johnson. He's going to hit the open market. Probably going to get a ton of money. Um, with six days left until legal tampering begins. So there's time. There's time. There's but time. people are not handling this well. I'll say, I'll tell you that on Did Twitter. You see the thing I just sent you? As you were talking, I just sent you one with something similar. And I'm guessing this is on Instagram. I'm guessing. Ah, uh, yeah. This, uh... And uh, his teammates are jumping in there. So, yeah, so 
I guess big play slay just says dog, so nothing crazy. Dog with three exclamation points. That just could mean you're, you're a dog. You play like a dog. Or it just means, damn. <laughs> could. It damn. could. Uh, but I knew it was happening, but damn. AJ Brown, take care of your family, bro. You deserve it with a 100 emoji. Now, you can take care of your family here if the Eagles pay you a lot of money. However, he is a safety. Eagles usually don't put a ton of assets into that position. They haven't historically. Uh, does not look good. Obviously, still some time, but it, it's it's looking like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson may have played his last game as Philadelphia Eagle and a tremendous season when he was out there and, not, and healthy. Had a tremendous season. Loved the ball-hawking skills, the hitting that he provided with that physicality, letting people know that they should be feared back there. The one thing that I always had in the back of my mind when I would get excited about the things that he did, and you know how certain people in the media – I don't pay much attention to some I do nationally, specifically, I'm talking about. Um, and our, our friend, Shiel Kapadia of The Ringer, and the one thing that Shiel kept saying down the stretch when he was out was, I know he has six interceptions when he went out, but it's not like he played a great safety position for the money that he's probably going to garner on the open market or want once he hit. And I always paid attention. I always remembered that as much as I like him and want him back, the money that he's probably going to get versus what somebody I trust in Shield saying he's been, he's been really good, but I don't know. I want to pay $70 million for just the really good why I see some big time holes there in his game. Um, correct. You could also argue the first time in a system. He came here late in training camp, if I remember. Sure. Um, and then was injured midway through the season, so then never really got a chance to go on his feet. And listen, Shields much smarter than me when it comes to the NFL, but you could also have that argument with, hey, now it's different coach, obviously, this offseason, but hey, you have a whole offseason as a Philadelphia Eagle. Get yourself implemented with the new coaching staff. Maybe he has some different schemes, but when it comes down to it, that is a ton of money you're giving to a guy in his prime who played really well, really young, I think 25 years old, but I could definitely see both sides, and I feel like how he probably leans on Chio Capadia's side. It's just a guess. And I'm guessing that that also means they might take that approach of Kansas City some young guys on the back end, stack up up front. If they can keep Epps, they keep Epps. But if they have to get another young guy and draft a corner because we all think Bradbury is gone anyway, maybe they feel like they can win also that way. Maybe. All signs, at least early. And again, it is early. We still have a week. Very. All signs, to me at least, point like we're going to be missing some of these big pieces next season. All right, so I asked the question while you were preparing for the Sixers, and then we'll get to Drew. You know how I felt. I know how you felt, but for the people who may not know, Hargrave or Gardner-Johnson, since he did not get this tag, both are going to be free agents. Which one would you, for you, would have been a priority? If they do keep either one of them, it looks like it's maybe Hargrave, maybe. But I know you would have gone with the safety, but maybe. They were 1A, 1B. Yeah. Like I under, The only reason I picked the safety, even though it's... There's it's, no wrong answer. Hargrave's age is the only thing that works yes. me a little bit with the big money. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, in his prime, you could say even still ascending at this point. I would have gone Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but I realize and I know how much the Eagles 
care about the defensive and offensive line. Javon Hargrave has been really, really good these past couple years. 1A, 1B to me, but yeah, right now it might not look like either of them are coming back, yeah. along with James Bradbury. Because they may offer up big money. Chicago is the one team that everybody keeps talking about with Hargrave possibly offering up big money. But you also didn't see where... Have the most cap space in the league, so yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, sure so, up that D-line. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious to see how this one plays out because they're going to have to rebuild things. And if they go and draft an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman, we talked about the kid from Pittsburgh as one of them. They do that. I mean, not, I don't think anybody's going to be mad. We all want a corner, but we also understand how they go about their business, too. I just don't want another, as good as Steven Nelson was last year, where he was just okay. He was serviceable on the opposite side. I don't want to do that again. I want a talent that I can see build and grow in this Eagles defense. You don't want another Band-Aid. I do not. You want potential. This Band-Aid was really good with Bradbury, but you also knew he was going to leave if he had this type of season, and we're going to see that. I want a guy who can come in here and be that bridge for Slay and then get another one next year. And then you're going to talk about having two of them going forward in this Eagles defense. So, yeah. Howie, but we have faith in Howie. It started off, it started off for us where he questioned it because it was just Hassan Reddick. Then it was Kaiser White, and we're like, all right, we like Kaiser White, but where's the splash? Then we heard about the AJ Brown part, and we're like, oh, even that though it is Cannonball, yeah. But we had heard already about Allen Robinson. We heard about the whole thing with Calvin Ridley, and that got Kibosh because of the whole suspension. We were like, why? Why not suspension? We know why now. And then they go get A.J. Brown, and it really jump-started things. Then you go and get James Bradbury. It really solidifies your offseason, and that's how it plays out. So we'll see. It looks like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is at least saying goodbye. I respect it. He had a really good season here. thought he should have been at least a pro bowler. That stupid injury thing when you are they're making the votes, preventing him from doing so. That's terrible. I hate that rule. That's dumb. And it's just like this with the NBA. Because you already know some of them are going to play anyway. Reward them for what they did at the time. If they are unable to play like he wasn't because of the Super Bowl, you put somebody else in there. If he backs out, you put somebody else in there. But he got the recognition. And by getting that recognition, it's also an, an acknowledgement on his season, on his resume, that he and his representation can use in an offseason like this. We got a Pro Bowl it might be a bonus that's mixed in there. It's just, I think that's a dumb rule. I No disagreement for me. Dumb rule. Let's go to Drew in Westchester in the post on 97.5. What's up, Drew? Hey, Devon. How are you, my friend? Good, man. It's nice to, uh, I'm late, so I don't sleep well. So it's nice to be able to flip you guys on and, and hear you uh, hear you guys. So it's, uh, it's nice, man. I'm oh, glad you're thank you. there, thank man. You. Thank you. Yeah, dude, so Sixers, man, looking good these last couple wins. You know, a little win streak going here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I you know, I still just, I, I just, I, I don't want to, like, rush it, you know. I, like, I enjoy the win, especially that win over the Bucks the other night. I mean, that was incredible. But, you know, I just, I really want to just, like, get this season over with. I want everyone to just stay healthy, stay focused like they are right now. It seems like guys are clicking. Maxie's playing out of his mind. And, and just get this playoffs, man, and and make a run for this thing. I think, you know, in a seven-game series versus any of those two teams, Boston or Milwaukee, which I guess, you know, I think, barring some type of craziness like we've seen in the years past, like we'll hopefully 
come up against one of those two teams, or hopefully they'll be eliminated. We won't have to, but if we do, we'll be ready for them this year, and we won't have to do a second round exit. You know, maybe we, we like I feel like we're a little bit grittier to make a make a run this year. I I think, and I said that it, for me, they need to get to the NBA Finals. I'm not settling. Uh, these last couple of years have been have put me in that place where I have to jump there instead of saying, "Oh yeah, just get to the Eastern Conference Finals and that'd be enough." That's not for me. And no. now, now they may yeah. get knocked out in the seventh game or the sixth game, and they really, really played well. And I'll maybe have to reevaluate that. But right now, for what I see, because I think they're that good, they have to get to the NBA Finals, and I think they're good enough. You say, "All right, man." No, I like it. I like it, Devon. No, I think they. I, I think it too. You know, I'm like, I mean, I watch it. I mean, sometimes we have our, our moments where things don't go our way and, and it doesn't look that great. But I think consistently, if they play like the team they, they should be and can be, then I don't see why the finals and, you know, winning isn't, isn't, you know, out of, uh, you know, out of concept. Well, man, we'll see. We'll see how they do it. I think they'll be fine. Now, we'll find out where they land up. I think it's going to be the third seed. But first things first, man, 17 games left in the season. Got to keep piling up these Ws. Yeah, and just and staying healthy, I think, is, is key, too. You know? Yep, no question. So far, so good. They got injuries out early. Let's hope it stays that way. Yeah, right. Maybe, you know, maybe, like, things will click for us. You know, we had two final runs this year. Let's have a third one, and this time come out on the right side. You know what I mean? 100%. Drew, thanks for the call, man. Really appreciate thanks, it. You got All it, right, man. man. All right. Well, we're about to get ready to do our leftovers here uh, on 97.5. The FNAG. By the way, all right, so I just sent you one of cereal. For whatever reason, Cinnamon Toast Crunch was trending. I didn't know why. <laughs> I still don't know why. Yeah, I don't think anybody does. I still don't know why. But they're trending. So I was asking for your three favorite cereals, and they're giving you, they're giving you nine choices here. So I sent you the, the list here, and the list yes. is number one, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, two tricks, three Fruit Loops, four Cap'n Crunch, five Fruity Pebbles, six Corn Pops, seven Lucky Charms, eight Honey Nut Cheerios, nine Frosted Flakes. You know me. You know I'm very picky. But of these nine, how many would you guess that I actually eat or like? Four. I like all nine. Is that right? Really? I do. I cereal like all man. nine. Undefeated. I am cereal. a cereal man. But if you have to pick three, like the question is asking, I chose three. My three, Fruit Loops, Lucky Charms, and Frosted Flakes are my three. Love Captain Crunch. Love Crunch Berries. Right? <laughs> Tricks is very good, although I hate it when they changed it because it changed the taste of their cereal. It's still the same, but it's not because they have a different flavor. It's like Tasty Cake. I love Tasty Cake, sure. but I know when they changed things, they changed it. And uh, Fruity Pebbles will be in there in the mix as well. What are yours? Uh, Lucky Charms. Agree with you. My man. Frosted Flakes. Oh! And I'll go CT Crunch. Oh, you are going to Crunch. So I would not, if you had Apple Cinnamon Cheerios instead of regular Cheerios, that cracks the top three. You know, I've never had those. Um, Apple Jacks, I'm good with. I've never had the Apple Cinnamon Cheerios. Yes. Okay. ShopRite used to make an off-brand version that was like $5 cheaper than the Cheerios. Tasted the same? Um, better. Oh. But they stopped making it like four months ago. Dude, I check every single time we go to ShopRite down the cereal aisle. It's not there, but because it's not in this list, um, it's just regular Cheerios, I go CT Crunch. All right. Our friend Winona Price, and then we'll get to the leftovers. She says the Pops, Honey Nut, and Frosted Flakes. Good choices. 
That's a bad. That's a good nine right there. Yeah, man. That's a good nine. Very solid. That's a really solid nine. All right, it's eleven forty-six. We had a good night. Sixes did, and we picked our three favorite cereals. What's the leftovers here? Leftover cereal. Yes, we're gonna have a lot of uh, NFL cereal tonight in these leftovers, as we normally do this time of year. We're gonna start with the Baltimore Ravens, who put the non-exclusive franchise tag on their quarterback Lamar Jackson. This pays him $13 million less than the exclusive tag. This gives this frees him up to be able to talk to other teams. And if other teams reach a deal with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens don't match it, the other team gets Lamar Jackson, but they have to send their first, their next two consecutive first round picks to the Baltimore Ravens. So I understand why the Ravens did this. The weird stuff is shortly after these um the franchise tag was put on Lamar Jackson, he could talk to other teams. Every team that was interested seemed to be out on Lamar Jackson right away. And we were getting reports within the hour of the teams that were out on Lamar Jackson, including the Falcons, Dolphins, Panthers, Commanders, and Raiders, all make a ton of sense. Some are saying this is a little bit of a collusion from the league and the owners. Yeah. Not the league, the owners, excuse me, because they don't want to give out a fully guaranteed deal again like the idiot Browns did to Deshaun Watson. And this is what they're trying to do is just nip this in the bud and get rid of these fully guaranteed contracts. Others are looking at it as, hey, the guy hasn't been available. He didn't play for your team in the biggest game of the year and down the stretch and in the playoffs and everything like that. And they probably win that game with Lamar Jackson against the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is a guy who has not had a great playoff record and, you know, is maybe potentially injury prone, you could argue, especially the way he plays. What do you make of this whole situation with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and other teams? It's tough, man, because he they offered him a big number a year ago by all accounts. And with them offering that big number, he decided to turn it down, felt he was worth more. And then you the other problem I have, I didn't have a problem with that. But the problem I did have is, you know how in college football now guys don't play in bowl games and all? We know he was injured, but was he injured where he could have played in the playoffs for them, helped them out? They had some winnable they had winnable games in there, and they had Huntley in there. Had he been in there, they might have been able to advance. And guess what? That might have helped your case too. I understand MVP and the stuff that you've done before, but they're also paying you for what they think you are be able to do going forward so are they also telling you even though they offer that number and haven't followed up that maybe we're only going to go so far with you that we can replace you and still do what we need to do so that's the tough part here for Lamar Jackson I want him to get his I think he's better than Kyler Murray he's in a different organization yeah and him not having an agent I feel like is kind of messing him up a little bit right now yeah and him wanting this fully guaranteed money which I understand but like man I just don't know what this outcome is going to be for Lamar Jackson especially if all these teams are backing out but like when you look at some of the money like like Derek Carr has gotten like Jared Goff like a guy who I'm going to mention in about a minute here who plays for the New York Giants have gotten I look at Lamar Jackson like he's better than all these dudes yes I worry maybe long term about his health and everything like that but if he's healthy he's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in this league one of the best when we were talking about where Jalen Hurts was among young quarterbacks in the league we mentioned him too so yeah tough situation I don't know where he goes we might have to play our quarterback carousel game tomorrow. Now that nothing has happened. Tomorrow. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Eric Carr's the only one, and Daniel Jones getting it. Well, unless you mention that. Spoiler alert. There you and go. that leads us to our next story. There you go. Daniel Jones. We can all rejoice and cheer the New York Giants. They give Daniel Jones a four year, 
$160 million deal. This happened about like 20 minutes before the 4 p.m. deadline. He will get $35 million in incentive, incentives. Excuse me. He will also get $82 million guaranteed. His cap room or his cap hit next year is $19 million. The Giants also franchise tag Saquon Barkley. So they end up keeping both of the guys that where they were both rumored about potentially leaving or getting tagged. I think it's obvious that Saquon does not want to play under the tag because of how great of a season he had and because of the injuries he has dealt with. Are you kidding me? Four years, $160 million for Daniel Jones, who had 15, I believe, total touchdowns, or excuse me, uh, passing touchdowns this season. Good for him. Yes. He hit the jackpot. I guess the I don't have I don't have to defend him. Here's my only defense. He didn't have anybody to throw to. That would be my only defense of the low number of touchdown passes. Sure. He didn't have anybody. So we said it with Brian Daybo, Saquon Barkley, and the way that he looked this year, give him some competent wide receivers and he might do something. But that's too much money. Too much money in too many years. And like when he comes out initially and says, Yeah, I want forty five million, literally everybody laughs. Yeah. And they gave him guess around what? that he money. Knew something. I guess so. Again, I- right situation. Same with Kyler Murray. Right situation. Lamar, wrong situation. Yeah, seriously. I just look at it as Brian Dayball is one of the best offensive coaches and head coaches in the league. It give seems him like. a competent quarterback. Yeah, man. Yeah. If you give him, so, I don't know. And that's a ton of money when you have other needs and maybe could build a team around them. But I understand it's tough to get rid of a guy who won a playoff game for you. But just an absolutely crazy situation. We're going to move over to hockey. To the hockey team here in Philadelphia where we had a little Whoa. bit of an incident tonight. Really? The Flyers end up dropping this game tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning 5-2. But that's not the big story. The story is that Tony D'Angelo, the defenseman, intentionally speared Corey Perry in the groin, the nether regions. And it caused a big brawl with uh, throughout the two teams in this game. D'Angelo said, quote, he tried to slash my stick out of my hands and a second beforehand he talks all game I asked him to fight he doesn't want to fight and he tells me what to ask for or excuse me he asked me to fight and for years and I don't say no but wasn't trying to give him a shot there uh, what do you make of the shot to the nether regions if you are a hockey that's player a, that's, with a weapon? A, that's a low blow that you don't need to do you can do other things you can fight in hockey so fight him you don't have to do that and of course he has a reason so it's a matter of who you believe and if you go to the video and all that stuff and find it. Here's one thing I think Flyer fans will be on board with. They didn't want him here in the first place. So they were probably rooting for the opponent to whip his, you know what, out there. Behind? On the ice. Yes. Yes. And last one very quickly. Yeah. The Powerball winner in California who won $2 billion and took the $997 million lump sum. Oh, they did. Has bought a $25.5 million Hollywood house. His neighbors are Ariana Grande and Jimmy Kimmel. So, so much for laying low after winning the lottery. Well, it's, it's private. He is laying low. Nobody can get to him. I guess the question is, do you need all that space? But he still has a lot of money. <laughs> As of now. Yes, that's, a, that's a, quite yeah, the first yeah, purchase, yeah. though. Yeah, wow. Crazy, right? $25 million? $25 million And your neighbors are Jimmy Kimmel and Ariana Grande. So he still has about $50, uh, $60 million. He's probably, about $70 million overall. Uh, he bought the house already? So yeah. you get your money that fast? Yeah, No, he's got $997 million. So like, Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's fine. He's, he's billions. Yeah, he's fine. He's, yeah, I wouldn't have cool. done it. No. I may have had a home in Los Angeles or a beach home or something like that. 
I wouldn't live out there. Jeez. Those are nice leftovers. He's got, a lot, he's got plenty of money left. Hey, man, they all do until they don't. And then they're, they're garbage men. Don't be like that other. Yeah, don't be like him. Don't be like him. I'm not hating, but read that story. <laughs> Lottery winner, garbage man. Just type that Sixes in Sixes win their fourth game of this five-game road trip. Tremendous work. Two back-to-back um, games. Oh, two back-to-backs on this trip. So great work by them. Really good work. And we'll talk about them tomorrow, 6 o'clock time. Alvor, thank you, Matt Menard. Also, Mike Vito, we appreciate everybody. Have a great rest of the night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Good night.